Hey, Wizards fans, welcome to the latest episode of the Off the Bench Podcast, presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. We continue to honor 25 years of Wizards basketball by speaking to an alumnus. Not only played for the Wizards and Bullets, but he also broadcasted for nearly four decades. We're talking about the original 45, the legendary Phil Chenier. This is a very special interview for me because Phil is not only a friend, a colleague, but more importantly, he's one of my mentors. Phil and I talk about the good old days. We'll talk about this year's Wizard Squad. And more importantly, what's it like for him to not only be a former player, but also someone that called so many Wizards games in the past? Before we get to that interview, Wizards fans, Capital One Arena partnered with Clear to help Wizards fans get into the games faster for free. Beat the crowds on game day and enter through the design clear lane at 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Download the free Clear app and get started today. It's time now to hear from Phil Chenier on this latest episode of the Off the Bench Podcast. This is the alumni edition of the Off the Bench Podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller and it's very rare in this industry where you actually interview one of your mentors. So I'm actually a little nervous to do this podcast because this man has meant so much to my career, especially when I came to D.C. 16 years ago and to work with him and Steve Buckhans on the broadcast for all those years. I told you, you know, a couple of hours ago, a lot of those years, I would just sit there and just two ears and one mouth. I would just listen to you and Buck, not just during the broadcast, but the plane rides. Those the, are some good plane rides. The too. dinners yeah. before yeah, dinners, games. Yeah. Um, it's the legendary Phil Chenier. And as we're celebrating 25 years of Wizards basketball, I would be remiss if I didn't say Phil was broadcasting for 33 years after he was a player. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to start kind of really at the beginning of being a part of this alumni mm-hmm. and the gathering today of a lot of the former players coming back and watching this current team. What was it like just to see some of the old guys come back? You know, Chris, the older you get, the more you really appreciate the journey that you had mm-hmm. and the people that were on that journey. And even though I didn't play with Mike Adams, I didn't play with George, uh, I didn't play with Aton or, or Ennis Watley, I did play with Mike Reardon, mm-hmm. you know, so we had, but, but the different generations, the different stages of this organization, we feel a part of. So and we, we laugh about the different the differences we had, some of the similarities. Um, and some of the guys, you know, I try to talk with Mike periodically. So uh, I used to play golf a lot with Enos. So anything that brings us back together, it's a plus to me. And those, those 10 years that I played, those were some of the best years I've ever had. And so I didn't realize it at the time, but, but they were a lot of fun and I enjoyed it made great had great memories made great friendships and and that's what we're experiencing now and you know to come out here and have the organization uh bring us out of course here's the interesting part west was little west when i remember yeah and uh you know he's now coach he came in and you know i couldn't help but marvel at you know and i i shouldn't be surprised his parents are great people you know, but, the, you know, the way he handled himself, the way he was patient with all of us, you know, asking some silly questions and making some silly comments, but he was right there with us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, John Thompson, 
the third was in there. So it, it was a good feeling. I, I feel honored that they had us come back. Really being recognized for what I always call feel sweat equity that no one understands unless you mm -hmm. put that uniform on. And th that's kind of the brotherhood and the kinship that it doesn't matter. You know, Marching Gortat, you broadcast a lot of his games. That's right. Jason that's right. Smith. But the one thing that you guys all have in common is you are Washington Wizards slash Bullet players, and, and that means something. This community is a very unique community, and it's one that you've lived in for a long time. I remember we did the interview when we were talking about the championship year, mm -hmm. and you know, to have some of your teammates on there. But you broadcast it for 33 years, so you've seen a lot of players come and go, mm -hmm. right? What is it like for you at this juncture of your life to watch Wizards basketball being a player and a longtime broadcaster? How do you watch games now? I watch it in a very relaxed atmosphere. Um, I'm not watching trying to pick up. I'm just watching for the enjoyment of it. And I pick out talent. I pick out great moves, things that appeal to me, you know. Same thing any other fan does when they're watching a game. And, and I enjoy that, you know. Um, I listen to the broadcast. I'll be watching and listening to you this year. <laughs> I think I'm going to be getting some text after some games, but I embrace that, as I told you before. No, no, but yeah, you know, and, and you know, how many times have I texted you to ask you about different <laughs> things, too, uh, especially over the last five years? But uh, I, I'm still connected to the game, and I'm certainly still connected to this organization. So I just don't watch it as a, I don't want to say a job, but something that I'm going to use down the road. Now it's purely for enjoyment. You know, I look up every time I go into Capital One Arena, every game. Me too. I always look up there <laughs> and I, I see your name. Yeah, yeah. And I get a little emotional because I remember the night when it happened. And I just remember your family being there and how important. Do you remember the bus ride going over to the arena? We might oh, that's you right. up you got, we were, yeah, in the van. Yeah, I remember yeah. showing up at Phil's house and I was like, Phil, we got to go, man. Come on, we got this traffic. Yeah. And I just remember just how you were just so humbled by it yeah. and just really appreciative of it. Oh, very, very. And I just, I continue to look up there and I, I see not only your jersey number, but I see 33. The amount of years that you brought it. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, you've seen a lot, right? Mm -hmm. is and it there, went by quickly. Did it? Yeah, it did. I mean, now, mm -hmm. you know, each year you, you stack up and, um, but it, they were enjoyable. I mean, like you said, some of the dinners we had, me, you, Buck, Chris, Dave, Rich, I mean, classic. I'll yeah. never forget those, those dinners, yeah. you know. And the things we talked about, the, the laughs we had, you know. It, you know, it's priceless. That it back really of the is. plane, I mean, listen. That too. <laughs> you, we could never share a lot of the conversations, <laughs> but the one thing that I always appreciated about you was the players respected you so much that there would be times after a game in the back of the plane, the players would just come back and just chop it up with mm. you, you know. Talk about those relationships, the relationships that you had with guys like Brad and like John and just guys who were playing in this era, but knew you as the OG and would come back and just want to just talk to you about the game. 
Well, you know, I just consider myself part of a stair-step ladder because I came into the league and I had people like Wes Unsell, Gus Johnson, Earl Monroe, John Tresvant, people that I had to look up to. I not had to, but right. I needed to look up to and, 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 and get some type of validation from them. And it was so important. And then as people like Kevin Porter and I were growing and developing, you know, we still had Elvin Hayes and, and, and Wes, and, and then later on Bobby came. You know, I mean, those are, again, those are me being around at least five Hall of Famers. Got to throw Dave Bing in right. there. So I've been around five or six different Hall of Famers that really had an impact in my growth, my development, my maturing. Um, and, you know, again, those are priceless experiences. So uh, in terms of me being that way with some of the other players, Marcin Gortat was really good uh, when he played. Always, you know, would do interviews, would talk with us, and, and would come back and talk after the playing. Uh, Karan Butler was another one, and he's doing great things. I mean, he's just blowing up, you know, uh, obviously coaching now, but uh, when he was broadcasting, he took that very seriously and did a great job. Brendan yeah. Haywood literally just tweeted me before the interview yeah. and said, Phil, that's my guy. Yeah, Brendan would come back yeah. there and talk, and he would say, well, how do you get in? I said, well, don't worry about that. Let me do my job, and <laughs> you just play, you know. But he's doing an outstanding job. Antoine Jameson, you know, so... Um, it, it's just good to be a part of that family, knowing that we're all connected. And, and believe me, John Wall, Bradley Beal, you know, some of the players right now, 10, 15 years from now, they're going to look back and they're going to have to be even more so that OG mentoring yeah. to, to guys that are in the league at that point. Um, so, yeah, so it's a family. It's, it's a uh, it's a connection that we, a bond that we have that uh, is very important and very satisfying. I ask you about Bradley Beal. He is on the doorstep, Phil, of becoming the all-time leading scorer in franchise history. And you saw him when he was no facial hair, no kids, mm -hmm. baby. And now he's a father of three and mm -hmm. on the precipice of, of doing that. Can you just describe what it was like seeing baby Brad to now father of three Brad? Chris, I'm going to tell you, I don't remember there being a baby Brad. I mean, he came in after just two years of college, right? One. Just one. One year. Okay. Yeah. And right away, he impressed me okay. that he had, he had the it factor in terms of I've got confidence. I know I've got to develop. I've got to grow. I've got to get better. But I know I've got what it takes. And he went about showing that. And he went through the different stages. And I, I still think that we never got the full enjoyment and the full impact of that combination of John Wall and Bradley Beal. And why that never really reached its peak, I don't know. But, but they were, in their own right, very exciting players. Uh, but getting back to Brad, I just think that he was, was again, mature beyond his age. Uh, not just off the court, but on the court. So you saw that, and obviously, if he stays with this team, you're not surprised that he will eventually be the all-time leading scorers and probably a number of other categories as well. And um, 
you know, he's 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 stepped into that that role as a franchise player, and it hasn't surprised anybody. I gotta ask you about you, you've told me this story, but share with people how you got into broadcasting. This is somebody, ladies and gentlemen, that wasn't in journalism, wasn't in broadcasting yeah. school, but just one day this opportunity presented itself. Share with people the story of how you got into it. Well, I was uh, friends with James Brown. Uh, we played against each other in college. He was at Hartford, and, and the coach of that team was Casey Jones, okay. who I later played for. Uh, but we had become friends and maintained contact, JB from being from this position, uh, this area. And uh, for those that may not know, JB was one hell of a basketball player. Yes, sir. I mean, he he had can't miss all over him. I don't I don't know what happened, uh, but next thing you know, he was working for Xerox, and then he started doing some broadcasting. And one day he asked me if I would uh, do. I was it was my last year with the Bullets. He asked me if I'd do a, uh, a, a sit down and a mock interview with him. I said sure. Did the mock interview. And he ended up getting the job to do Wizards uh, uh, analyst color. And so we did that. And then he also was doing the uh, color for, with Charlie Neal for the uh, uh, black college uh, uh, basketball games. So he started having a lot of conflict. So he said, Phil, can you fill in for me? I said, I've never done this, JB. He said, JB. You'll be fine, Phil. You know, you know how <laughs> right, JB right, right. is. You know, so I said, "All right." Exuding so I started doing, into and, and he fight. did tell me. He did tell me. He said, "Charlie Neal will, will work with you," and sure enough, Charlie Neal was one of the best things that ever happened to me. So we started working. I got comfortable, and after the second year, Paulette Johnson says to me, he "said You know, the Wizards, the Bullets. They were still the Bullets in." are starting a cable network and they might be looking for a color analyst. You, you ought to talk to somebody over there. Well, Wes was the uh, vice president at that time. So I gave Wes a call and so he said, sure. You know, I think I was only about three or four years removed from playing. Okay. So he said, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. You know, that's how I, that's how I got into it. And I, I watched people on TV. Uh, I told you, I, I always loved Doug Collins. I thought Doug, you know, plus he was a player, right. player that I had played against, right. so I really could identify his, his enthusiasm was there, but also his, his, his knowledge of the game was there. Uh, Hubie Brown is another one that, that I would watch. So, you know, you started watching people picking up styles and, and figuring out how you're going to best do what you do. And fortunately, you know, Home Team Sports Comcast gave me a, a lot of time, gave me a lot of uh, room for growth. And then I, still, you know, I was working with Mel Proctor, and then Buck came on. So I didn't, I just thought it was going to be a two or three year thing. And each year we're doing more and more. And next thing I look up, and it's been 33 years. So <laughs> that, that's how that story went. <laughs> Working with Mel, working with Buck, um, styles. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you marry your style with them? Because, as, as we all know, you know, you and Buck had did it together. I think twenty-two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it becomes a marriage. It becomes a marriage, <laughs> right? <laughs> how did that dynamic work with both? Uh, with Mel, I was still feeling myself, okay. so. You know, I really had to rely on him a lot, and 
Um, and then when Buck came in, I was feeling much more confident. I, I was feeling like I knew my role, but Buck was slightly different, not a lot. I still say, and I'm interested to watch you. I'm going to talk to Drew, too. But, but, you know, the one thing I noticed with these play-by-play guys, they were very intense. Buck, and, Buck is fun off the air. But during the game, you're talking about an intense dude, man. Oh, man. And Mel was the same way, you know. So, uh, but they were just perfectionists at their craft. And uh, I, I really took a lot from that. And no, no, knew that in order to keep up with them, I better, I better have my homework done. Yeah. You know, so you know, both of those guys were were very good for me. Well, you and Buck were great for me. And again, as we kind of conclude this podcast, I, I, I would not be sitting in the seat that I am now if it wasn't for you and Buck. Well, um, when I came here 16 years ago and we started working together. Um, you both embraced me, mm-hmm. open arms, and I'll never forget that. And I'm someone that loves to pay homage and, and respect to the people that came before me and the ones that helped me. So I want to take this opportunity to thank you and to thank Steve Buckhans for teaching the pup mm-hmm. the ropes. Well, uh, believe me, when you came onto the scene, you were uh, just a I don't want to say a breath of fresh air, but I mean, your enthusiasm, your love for the game and what you were doing, it, it really branched off to us and it, it, it had a big impact. And the next thing I knew, you were one of the most uh, engaging people with the players. And I think they felt very comfortable around you and, and in talking with you and giving you insight and knowing that, you know, you weren't going to do anything to hurt them. You're going to share the news and be honest with them. And that's important, you know. So, you know, I am happy for you. I wish you all the best of luck. Not that you need luck, but it's only proper that you always say good luck, you right, know. Right. But uh, I'll be watching. I know you guys are going to be doing a great I, job. I do know I'm going to be getting text messages at night. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the bus. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when Phil hits me. Does he hit me right after the game or on the bus ride? or on the flight coming back home. Well, I'm going to ask you what's going on on the bus anyway. (laughs) But here's what I do know. And I saw you messing with Drew when he was sleeping. That ain't right. That's not right. Well, you know, I I would have never done that to you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Buck was always awake. So, you know, Buck Buck was a night owl. Buck would be working until 4 or 5 in the morning. Uh, I do also know, because of Buck and Phil, I do know where all the best restaurants are on the road. So, again, I was learning. That's all Buck, believe me. (laughs) Great to see you, Legend. Thank you so much for your time. It's always appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you.